Hello and welcome to the pep talk with your two favorite bald frauds, Sam and Jason, directly after the 4-0 stomping of Real Madrid at the Etihad. Do I even have to ask how you're feeling today, Jason? Nope. <laughs> I'm on cloud nine, man. This what performance. I am absolutely buzzing. It's early in the morning here in Sydney, and I am literally buzzing still. I mean, I got my morning coffee, dropped off my kids, and here I am recording a podcast right after the game, and oh, I am absolutely buzzing, man. What a game. What a performance. We're in the, we're in the Champions League final, Sam. Again. The second time in three years. Second time in three years. And we were in the semifinals the year before? Yeah, we've made the <sighs> semifinals three years in a row. Second yep. time in three years we've made the final. This is, and now we play Inter Milan in the final. We're collecting scalps, mate. We're collecting scalps. So Bayern Munich, Madrid, now we're going to Milan. I saw, I, I think the craziest thing I've seen is that in the three knockout rounds we have played so far we have collectively won 17 to 3 wow wow including against bayern and real madrid 9 to 2 that is insane this team against is the insane. two the two monsters of this competition the two mon- like remember when we got that draw and we were like shit like why couldn't we be on the other side of the bracket we got through it I said it before. I said I don't mind having big games. Although it is scary, I prefer these big games. We play better in them, I feel. <laughs> That's the honest truth. I mean, I'm not <laughs> going to sit here and say I'd rather play bigger teams. I'd rather have the easiest road to the final. But, but it, it, it makes was you, fucking yeah. incredible. Yeah, but it, it gives you that, like, it gives you the belief when you beat these big teams, I feel. So even when we made the Champions League final last time, we beat Dortmund and PSG. You know what I mean? We never, like, we didn't collect the big scalp. You know, when you do, when you beat Bayern Munich and Madrid on your way to the final, it is a huge, huge confidence booster. It, it, it kind of makes you believe that we should win it now. And look, it's, it's a one-off game against Inter. Um, I was watching Inter yesterday. Um, I watched a couple of games of them now um, in the Champions League. They're very defensive. It's sad to say, but they remind me of the way Chelsea set up. So we're going to have a very similar defensive, typical Italian team sit back, try to counter. They like to throw the ball over the top. Um, But look, if we play like the way we're playing right, right now, we should beat them. I don't think anyone is even near us in Europe right now. We just taunt the defending Champions League finalists from last year. 4-0 4-0 at the Etihad. 4-0. And it wasn't... And it could have been more. It could have been more. Courtois saved... It should have been more. Courtois, Courtois was incredible. He was incredible. Every time he done one of those, I'm like, I'm like, are you serious? Is he doing this again? <laughs> he is insane as a keeper with his, with his reflexes, with his amazing saves. Like, he denied Haaland literally a hat-trick. If you have Pickford in there, he, Haaland's got a hat-trick. Do you have you know any I mean? keeper other than Courtois? Like, crazy, maybe man. maybe a, some other top keepers would save one or two of those, but 
There's no, I am convinced there's not one other keeper in the world that saves all three of those that isn't Courtois. It's insane. Honestly, it's insane, but. Oh, yeah. So let's, if, let's jump into it a little bit. Let, before, let's let's before, go through the game. Before we go to the game, Sam, should we bring up the dreaded T word? No. No, we're <laughs> not bringing it up. No, nope. <laughs> you don't want to yet. <laughs> no, we can bring it. We can bring it up after Sunday. If we okay, win. So, you, so you want to win the Premier? League. You want to get one trophy under the belt? Yeah, first. let's get one trophy first, and then we can talk about the T word because <laughs> at that point, essentially, right now we have a three-game season. Basically, yeah, is, three, is what we three, have. Three wins. Chelsea three wins. Yeah, Chelsea, United, and Inter. That is the three-game season as of now. Now, that can change, obviously, if we drop points against Chelsea. That can change. But right now, it's a three-game season. So, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to talk <laughs> it until we get at least one trophy under our belt. It, it, it could be irrelevant if um, Arsenal uh, lose to Nottingham Forest on Saturday. <laughs> uh, even if – I think even if they draw – do. Would we still win it or no? So if they draw, we're basically we've basically won it on goal difference, but it's not official mathematically because we're yeah, talking like, goal difference, right? Yeah, so we have draw, to lose all three, and, and they would have the to goal beat difference. us on goal difference. Correct. Yeah, so it's technically over if they draw, but um, if they lose, it's definitely over. It's mathematically impossible for them yeah. to come back. So yeah, yeah, because we're we're up twenty on goal differential. So even if we did <laughs> yeah. lose all three, I. Arsenal and if Arsenal drew Nottingham, they'd only have one game left. Correct. So, yep. Not too, yeah, not can. too worried about that either way. Yeah. Look, look, we're, we are, we are there right now. It, we're getting close to the T word. We're getting very, very close. I'll tell you that much. Like, um, we're we're right there. We're. I mean, we we are right there. But I'm not going to say it yet. Let's get. Let's now. We are at the point. Let's wrap up the Premier League and look on to the two finals. Yep, Just wrap up the Premier League first. Not going to say it. And also, I think the funniest, I don't know if you guys got it or not, but here in the U.S. coverage, like I think you guys know that our Champions League coverage is really great. And It's fantastic. We your, have, your, your coverage uh, is so good. I love it. It's CBS the best. Part. Yeah, with Mark and Richards so, and Carrick and all those guys. Crazy. Yeah, so and they just, like, joke around the whole time. It's great. And yeah. so Jack Grealish came up to them after the game. He was being interviewed on the field. And as Grealish was walking away, he points to Carragher and says, please vote me for your team of the season. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. <laughs> oh, man. he Look, credit to Jack Grealish. He has proven... A lot of people wrong, including myself. I was, if you look at back in September, October, the way he was playing, the way we were playing, I just didn't see the value of spending. I always thought he was a 50 to 60 million player. Um, and if that, if he had that price tag, it would have been a lot better for like how people talk about him, etc. cetera. Um, but right now he's playing like a hundred million player. <laughs> like he's, he's fucking been insane. He has been insane the last six months. You know, we're in oh, May. Yeah. He's kept this form up. Like, uh, I kept saying, like, he's playing well. He's playing well. Okay, but he's only done it for a couple months. But 
he's just continued. He's just kept going and going and going. He is he is so, 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 so good in, in keeping the ball, in creating chances out of nothing, in um, drawing fouls, all those things that you want in a, in a, in a tie like this where you want your players to be able to be composed. His composure is something else, man. He is such a good player. So, so good. I, and it's crazy. He's, he's like, you got to think of something, right? He's benching. He's keeping Phil Foden, who I think is one of our better players, on the bench. Like that. That's that's the levels that he's playing at right now. <clears throat> so, a couple of things. I mean, I think we, I think Pep even knows that Phil Foden's kind of better either centrally or on the right. Like he's obviously still very good on the left. Yeah, but. He's better centrally or on the right. Yeah. And I told you months ago, you could go back on whatever podcast it is. I said that this isn't form from Grealish. This is what he's going to be. Like, this is what this is him at credit. This is him. And yeah, he is a, he's a hundred billion pound player right now. That's exactly what he is. I, and I even, I texted, um, in that WhatsApp group chat, you remember I said before the first leg, I said Grealish is going to put Carvajal in hell, and yep. I think over two legs he did. Yep, the last I, one I, Carvajal just fouled the living hell out of him. Yeah, and th- this think, one he just rinsed him. Yeah, I think the first leg, and you look at how the two games went. The first leg was definitely the game plan was to keep the ball, keep it tight, don't let the game get away from us. We'll smash them at the Etihad. I can't. We kind of both said I, I. I kind of felt that would smash them at the Etihad. I just didn't think we'd do it in this way. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I did not think we would do it this. This like this emphatically. Um, let's just jump straight into the game, Sam. Let's just go into it. Yeah. Um, so let's look at the lineups first. No surprises. Um, no yeah. Surprises. Uh, there's there was really no surprise. It was the same exact lineup from before. It's what we've yeah. played in every Champions League matchup so far. I think except for the first leg against Leipzig. So, yeah, 11 picks itself. Well, obviously, other than Nathan Ake, but that's because of injury. That's the you only what? difference. What's um, what? Just something, just like a little segue off this. If Nathan Ake is fit, you know, by the FA Cup final, do you play him in the Champions League final? I and don't know, bench, honestly. You bench, because you got to bench, you got to bench Walker, right? Yeah, you'd have to bench Walker. Honestly, like. I it might not be a bad idea because they don't have anybody as dangerous as Vinicius. Like yeah, Kyle Walker that- was put on there to do one job and one job only. Mm. And that was to lock up Vinicius, which we'll get to him later. But yeah. Inter don't really us- have anything like that. Inter has the they have the late runners as wingbacks. Like their wingbacks do get and forward. Got- but and they've got big strikers as well. So yeah, going, like with, they, going, going with four center backs who are good early was probably a good idea, I think. I I actually think if Ake is fit, he'll play Ake. And he'll he'll shift Walker back to the bench. And I think probably because Ake do, yeah. offers a little more going forward. Like mm. Ake at least has a threat of an overlap. He and, he and, rarely and, does, but he at least offers the threat. Akanji, you know he's not getting forward. Yeah, and at least you know he's got a left foot where he can actually pass properly from the left. While I can't, like I know Akanji's been good there, but you can see in the build-up we're not as confident playing through the left um, when Akanji's there. It's just it's not it's just it's not exactly the same. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing Diaz Stones Akanji in the back and then having Ake there with him. 
Yeah, it, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me at all as yeah. as long as Ake is fit. So, yeah, our lineup picks itself. The only difference in Real Madrid's lineup was Militao for Rudiger. That's um, surprising. Even though every lineup, like how many leaked lineups were there for Real Madrid all <laughs> week? And they were all dead wrong. Dude, and we kind of like... The Spanish media is a basket case, mate. It is a basket yeah. case when it comes to any type of news, even transfer news. They're a basket case. So, so the only thing that gives me hope with Jude Bellingham, by the way, <laughs> it's like just because it comes from Spain, you just can't trust it. <laughs> so I think that, yeah, it, it. I was kind of surprised that Rudiger would get benched, but also like Militao is their number one guy. Like, if you watch Real Madrid, like Rudiger stays on the bench. It's just that Militao, I believe, was suspended for the first leg. He was. So yeah. it so it's not really much of a surprise. And we it, started still, the game. It still surprised me because how well Rudiger did in the first leg. He kept Harlem. I very honestly quiet. I don't think he really kept him quiet. I think like we just couldn't find him. Like I don't that, think that, that it was Rudiger doing yeah. anything special to Holland. I, th- I think it's that, but also Rudiger is a frustrating player to play against. I think he just gives you like that mental edge. He's, he's like one of those really annoying players that you'd love to have on your own team, but would hate to play against. Um, and, you know, he did it. He did very similar to us in the CL final against Chelsea. It was just, just a menace. Like he, and, and he's a dirty player, right? Which, which makes you second guess yourself as a player. So he gives you that little bit of edge. So that's why I was surprised. O- only because how well he played in the first leg. Generally, when you, when a player plays that well in a Champions League semi-final, you go, okay, I'm going to stick with that. So that's why I was surprised. I, I, I expected Rudy to get a start. I thought I thought Militao would be back. I thought he'd prefer to drop Alaba before he dropped Rudiger. But look, he did that, and I'm, I'm not complaining because <laughs> from the result, I don't, I don't think the result would have been much different with Rudiger there, anyways. I don't, I don't think it would have. I don't think it would have, but it could have added a different edge. I was just surprised with with the lineup with, on, on that sense. But yeah. I I will say with Rudiger, like he is one of the few defenders that's like uniquely built to defend Holland well because yeah. he is big, he is strong, and he's also really quick. Like he's he's, he's got loads quick. of pace. He's got he's loads of pace and he's strong, which Militao is incredibly quick too. I don't think he's as strong as Rudiger, but yeah, I mean, either way, not super surprising. So I guess let's talk about the first half as a whole. Like that was just utter domination, wasn't it? Like nobody does that to Real Madrid ever. <laughs> so so it's funny. So the first so the first 45 minutes was very similar to the first 20 minutes that we had at Real Madrid. The only difference here was we were more, I wouldn't say clinical. I'd say we, we were more, we wanted, we, there was more of a mindset of, okay, we need to score. We created, we we created more chances. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you some stats. Are you ready? We had 80% possession in the first half and we had 12 shots in the first half. 12 shots and 80% possession and five corners with a 2 nil lead. Madrid, on the other hand, had one shot off target and obviously 20% possession and one corner. The XG was 1.98 to 0.01. That is 
the definition of utter domination. That first half was an absolute clinic. Absolute clinic. You you, you cannot look at that first half and say that wasn't a dominate or domination. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. Like Real Madrid could not get out of their own half. I mean, I don't even know if they had a touch in their own half. Like so that's I'll give, how I'll give you another stat. You ready? In the first 15 minutes, City had 123 passes to Real Madrid's 15 passes. We were playing fucking Burnley out there. That wasn't Real Madrid. We fucking dominated them. Yeah, nobody. That's the thing is nobody does that to Real Madrid. Like nobody. I don't care who you are. You you don't do that to them. And the fact that City did was just absolutely incredible. They couldn't get like, out. Absolutely they could, yeah, incredible. Yeah, they, they, could, they couldn't get out. And this City team right now is, like, to me, I think that was probably the best half of football we've had this season in terms of utter domination. And if it wasn't for Courtois, as we mentioned earlier, we could be going 3-4-0 up at halftime. That's, that's, how, that's how much we dominated the ball. That's how much we dominated the actions, the second balls, the, the pressing, the ability to win the... We were winning the... Like, we'd lose the ball. We'd win the ball back within about five seconds every single time. It was insane. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't get out of their own half. I think they had the only that one shot in that first half. I'm pretty sure it was Tony Cruz. That was their only so, shot. That was their only shot. And, and, and typical Real Madrid, they almost scored off it. Um, but that was their only shot in that entire first half. That would have been a downer if that went in because it's like, you know, you put an absolute clinic on you and you go into half time at two one. But luckily, Edison Edison was incredible this game. By the way, incredible. Yeah, he, Edison was very good as well. It was. It was the most dominating I've ever seen City probably ever. And especially to like given the context of a Champions League semifinal second leg against Real Madrid. And it was just domination. I think the biggest standouts were the wingers, Grealish and Bernardo and John Stones. I mean Well, I think we need John, about ten I mean, minute we need a ten minute segment just for Bernardo, mate. Hold I on. mean, yeah, Bernardo was just Unreal. I mean, he just—he was just rinsing Kamavinga. Like Kamavinga looked like a midfielder playing left back. That's what yeah. he looked like. Hey, look, and, Kamavinga, we gave Kamavinga credit in the first leg, right? Yeah, he was great in the first leg. Here, not he was, so much. <laughs> he was cooking Bernardo in the first leg, and this this second leg, I was like, it's like Bernardo took it personally. Oh, what yeah, a- he was. He was incredible. There was they utilized a lot of the overlaps well with him and De Bruyne, and just in general, like City, like not only did they dominate the ball, they created tons of chances. I think that's the biggest difference between the first forty-five here and uh, <coughs> sorry, uh, and the first what twenty-five in the first leg. Is that the first twenty-five in the first leg? We didn't really create yeah. a ton of chances. It was just. Weather the storm, dominate the ball, and it was just, yeah. There, Real Madrid should have been lucky it wasn't three or four nil, because well, I was like in shock that Holland did not get a goal. What did we do differently in your mind in comparison to the first leg? Well, so was there, I'm, I'm was going to have to go back. 
Yeah. Was there a tactical uh, shift or do you think you need to look back and actually have a look at it? I, I, I read something that we were overloading with an extra attacker. So, you know, Stones was more pushed up um, and we had Rodri more pushed up and Gundogan was like going into the box a little bit more. Um, obviously, Bernardo was creating, but I felt like we, we had a bit of overloads on, on, the, on in their box this time around rather than in the first leg. Like I said, we played very conservative. Uh, that was my take. I'm not sure about yours. I don't think that's necessarily true. Like I said, I have to go back and look at it again. I think it's more of our pressing was different. And like I said, I'm going to go back. I'm going to see kind of what we did. But the second they gained the ball, they could not get out. And we just squeezed them. And in terms of like getting guys in the box, we did all of that in the first leg. It was Mm. like we, we did all of that. The difference was that they could not pass out. And you could tell something for them changed at halftime. We'll get to that. But they like they just couldn't get out. Like they could not string two passes together to save their life. And yeah. so I I think that was the difference more than anything else. So first goal goes in, I mean, just beautiful from Bernardo. Like, especially <laughs> like faking the the <clears throat> Far side shot and just going right open near post. It was reminds really me of nice. Mar- reminds me of Mares's goal. I think that he did the same, a very similar shot style in the second leg before the collapse. That that goal, the one goal that we scored in the Bernabeu. Yeah, but he ran up to it like he, yeah, it was yeah. coming from the other side, and he ran up to it and did it. But Bernardo, Bernardo kind of dribbled this one in <laughs> and then smashed it. I think Bernardo's done something like that against maybe like United. He did it where he dribbles inside and then he goes kind of like fakes going far post and goes near post. I've seen Mbappe do it a couple times too. It's really effective if you can because if you yeah. catch the the keeper cheating. And even then, like Bernardo, the, there was just so much of the goal. Like any decent finish was going to get past Courtois, and yeah. he just he did it perfectly. Absolutely did it perfectly. So there's that. And then the second goal, we were threatening for so long that it seemed inevitable that a second goal was coming. Yeah, I I was a bit worried. I thought, okay, we've dominated the game for, you know, 20 odd minutes. Are we going to have a similar thing happen from the first leg where we, where Madrid start imposing themselves on the game? I kept waiting for it to happen. I'm like, okay, uh, Madrid got to start imposing themselves on the game like they usually do. Here it comes, here it comes, and it never came. That's That was the most surprising thing for me in that first 45 minutes. We literally put a clinic on in that 45 minutes. I'm like, it's got to come, it's got to come, and it never came. It never came. <laughs> no, it didn't It didn't come in the first half. And then the second one, it was just like we were coming at them wave after wave after wave, and then finally got it. Bernardo came off that, off that deflection. Header right in the goal, beautiful. Yeah, the Gundogan shot gets deflected up in the air, and Bernardo's right there. And that's like, that's just a matter of like City just putting the pressure on time what after a, time. Like it was, it was bound to happen. What a class finish by Bernardo! That header, that is a very, very composed f- header finish. Like, yeah, he directed the header into the corner too. <laughs> the guy, that's his second header and score goal. <laughs> In the in the Champions League, and in then in his last two knockout ties we've had, he, he did a header against Bayern Munich, and now he's doing a header against um, Real Madrid. He's probably the smallest player in our team right now, and he's doing that. That's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. 
It's been incredible. He, he, he must be an underrated um, player in terms of in the air. He's, he probably just suffers because of his height. But if, if maybe if it was you know a little bit taller, it could be a very good header of the ball. Oh, um, yeah. It's kind of like Gundogan too. Like Gundogan's not very tall, but he's really good at like finding space in the box to get his head on balls. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like with Haaland's chance as well, the the header, like literally, I think it was like almost point blank. A lot of people saying, "Oh, Courtois did a great save." I I feel like that was a little bit more on Haaland. The second chance that Haaland got, the second header, that was a fantastic save by Courtois. Like he was f- a full arm stretch. You know what I mean? But that first chance that Haaland had, I felt like if he did a little bit better of aiming it into either corner, Courtois not getting there in time. It's just got too much power, too much pace. Um, Couture was fortunate that Haaland literally, you know, shot it at him, I'd say, in terms of of, of that first chance. This, this was before Bernardo's goal, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, and yeah, it was sec- before that. Yeah, but the second one, you go, fair enough. That's, that's a typical Couture save. Yeah. So, one thing I did see that City did really well is when they got the ball out to the wings... The wingers were really good at when the when the double came. They were able to kind of get it to either Stones or Rodri, and those guys were just wide open on the edge of the box, and they would either cycle it around or maybe they would let off a shot, and like good things would come from that. And what that did was it forced Real Madrid to not double the wingers because what they would do is they would bring down Rodrigo or Vinicius to try to double them, and... Bernardo split them a couple times and just took them on two-on-one himself. Um, Grealish was really good at kind of like passing out in between them, and it forced them not to double. And then from there, that's why Grealish, at the end of the first half and beginning of the second half, was just rinsing Carvajal because Real Madrid was scared to bring that double out again. And it was just Grealish one-on-one against Carvajal, and it was just... City favor that every time. So I thought it was really good by both wingers to basically force Madrid out of doubling those wingers because they were creating so much space inside. And then it was kind of off to the races for both of them. Uh, that was that was really good. Yeah, look, but I, I have to give credit to Bernardo. I, I didn't think he had the best first leg. Um, but that second leg performance... For both halves, his energy, his pressing, his dribbling, his ball tension was off the charts. He had a fantastic game, like ten out of ten performance for me for Bernardo. He did he did get man of the match, um, and that judging just goes to the player that does score. Um, but even if you take his goals away, right? Forget about his goals. Forget about his two fantastic finishes. He still put a ten out of ten performance. Yeah, like before absolutely. he scored. Yeah, before he scored, I was thinking, holy. He is having a fantastic game. He's absolutely he's he, Kamikavinga, like you said, looked like a midfielder playing a left back. He not look like he had any chance against Bernardo. You know, I remember Bernardo trying to dribble around Kamavinga in the first leg, and then Kamavinga was mostly getting the better of him and take possession, and then you know sprinting ahead of him using that pace to to burn Bernardo. But this time, I think maybe maybe when you look back at it, you'll you'll see the positioning might be a little bit better in terms of pressing. But performance-wise, <clears throat> was something else. And our passing in that first half, poof. it was so so crisp. So, I don't think so one crisp. I don't think one pass was misplaced. 
Like oh, probably not. Probably not. It that, was just second, it was just perfect se- every time. Yeah, the second half was a little bit sloppy, which we'll get onto soon. But that first half, pristine, and, that, and that's why, like you, you, a lot of people are saying, like you look at the first half, we should have been three or four up. The game should have been dead at halftime. Um, and so that kind of like makes it a little bit nervy going to the second half because you just you know you're worried about room and dream. <laughs> I know you, start, you started getting PTSD probably in the second half. Um, you know, two nil, two nil, two nil lead is always the most dangerous lead. We know that. Um, so yeah, look, oh, I'm still on cloud nine right now. Like it's it's crazy. I can't believe we just beat Madrid four nil at the Etihad. It's just crazy. So let's let's get into the second half a little bit. I think, what was it, maybe the first 15, 20 minutes, Real Madrid started to kind of get their footing into the game, and you knew they would. Like, Yeah. There was – that's why everybody – like, a lot of people on Twitter and just in general, it seemed like we're thinking we already had a foot in the final, and I, my mind, I'm thinking, this is not over. This is not over. And there's – like, Real Madrid doesn't lay down. They're – like, they're – they're not going to let you do that to them for 90 minutes. They let us do it to them for 45, which was crazy enough. They're not going to let us do it to them for 90. And they came out, and they were much better in the second half for the first, I don't know, between 15 to 25 minutes or so, basically until City got the third goal. And yep. it was it became more of a track meet. Like, it was just end-to-end. Kevin De Bruyne looked gassed. I mean, like by the 60th minute, he looked like he was getting ready to keel over and die because <laughs> it was basically him and Holland on two men counterattacks every other minute. I think I think and most of our I think most of the team was a little bit tired. Like the team got a bit leggy in that. Like the pressing wasn't as good in the second half, um, and you could see Ke- Kevin De Bruyne was getting frustrated. He was running uh, in a counter. No one was there to back him up. Not even Grealish. Not even Gundogan. And it's normal, you know, that the first half was that good of a performance because of how much energy we put into it. You know, I mean, if, if Madrid withstood that first half and went into halftime at nil all, they would have done fantastic, right? But we, we expended most of our energy in that first half. We imposed ourselves in that first half. So the second half was always going to be different, like you said. Tactically, from Madrid, they changed it up a little bit. Um, and... You just the knew, passing was a little more sloppy from them as well, from City. Yeah, like we much misplacing more sloppy. Some passes. Much more sloppy. We were misplacing some passes that we just normally don't. Um, yeah, Stone, Stones had a couple of passes where it's like, whoa, what are you doing? And it's like, un, it's not it's not as, you don't expect it from John Stones, um, you know, the, the, with the way he's playing. But it's it's normal. It's normal in a game like this to get a bit sloppy, you know, 60 minutes in, 70 minutes in. The legs are tired. We've had a lot of games. A lot of tough games. We're on an amazing win streak, undefeated streak right now. So, yeah, it's honestly it was it was good out after we withstood that. And honestly, like they weren't even very threatening. It's just that they actually had time on the ball for once. You know what I mean? Like they weren't super threatening. They didn't have any insane chances, really. Like it. So. It wasn't that like they really dominated and City fell apart. It's more of like, oh, they actually have the ball and we don't have 80% possession. So, you know, at that time when it's 2-0, yeah, you're going to start to like squeaky bum time. You're going to start to get worried a little bit. And 
that's how I felt. I thought like just City need to get one more goal before Madrid. Like if it's two one, that's not what I want to see. Just go get another one and keep Madrid out. And then honestly, what City did after that is they just slowed it down. They kind of like shut up shop and said like, look, we're going to control this game. If we score another goal from controlling this game, that's fine. But we like this can't be a track meet anymore. And like to their credit, that's what City did is City just they said, nope, we're not even going to move forward. We're just going to pass it around. And then third goal came uh, from a good sustained period of possession. Grealish, I think it was Grealish that drew that foul. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was. Grealish drew that foul. And from there, City get their third goal off that own goal, even though I feel so bad for a kanji. Man can't get his first goal ever. I, t- I um, told you. I don't, I don't want to jinx it, but I did tell you in a podcast back in the Leipzig. It was a Leipzig review podcast where we scored seven goals, and a kanji literally missed. Like He was pissed. <laughs> He was, he was pissed, pissed that he didn't score. And everyone was laughing at him. And I said to you, watch, Akanji will score in the Champions League final. That's my prediction. And I'm sticking with it. He is scoring in the Champions League final. So he, <laughs> like, it. once the third goal came, you could tell, even from Real Madrid's body language, they thought, this is over. Like, yeah, yeah. Ancelotti became, makes the subs. And those subs are not, those subs are like, throwing a Hail Mary. Those subs aren't Basically, like let's yeah. let's go chase the game. It's like when you're taking off Rodrigo and Cruz for like Danny Ceballos and Lucas Vasquez, like those guys aren't like the massive game changers. It's more of like let's see if they can give us something. But that was it's more of a Hail Mary than anything. And you knew like Ancelotti was just stumped by that point. And then for, and then we basically just shut it down from there. I mean, like, passed it around, kept the possession fairly safe. And then goal number four comes, Julian Alvarez in behind. Man, beautiful through ball, beautiful finish. Yeah, look, that that, that was, um, <laughs> I'd, I'd say it was more Phil Foden, that one. And that pass was Perfectly weighted, perfectly weighted, and then Alvarez, you know, he is a he is a finisher. If that was Gabriel Jesus, that is going into the stands. <laughs> um, but look, Alvarez is very, very, very confident in front of goal. No, no, no. If that was Gabriel Jesus, it would have been an offsides and then gone into the stands. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's more accurate. Actually, that's more accurate. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit of Arsenal slander. <laughs> um, but then, look, that that second half was a character type second half, character building um, performance by the team. Wherein you just got to dig deep sometimes in these in these, in it's got to get ugly. You know, these games sometimes get ugly, and you could tell. Although we were tired, we didn't look panicked ever. You know, uh, Edison had a couple really really good saves um, in the second half, like. There was, I'm trying to remember the exact exact shots, um, but one of them was uh, where he tipped it over the bar and then another one was where they had two shots in succession and he saved both. Oh, yeah, the one the one he tipped it over the bar was 
uh, David Alaba had a free kick and it was Correct. dipping fast. It was yeah, yeah. That was a fantastic. It looked save, like it know? was. It looked like it was going way over the bar and that thing just dropped. Yep. Yeah. So that you had that real fantastic save, and then you had the the other two saves in a row where like Madrid had two really good shots. I think we were up three 0 at that point anyway. Yeah, it um, was three 0 because the commentators kept saying this might be a consolation. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But. Edison put in a fantastic performance. That's that's exactly what you need in the Champions League. You know, I've always worried with Edison's, you know, previous history in, in terms of saves. He's not the, you know, if you look at the statistics and that, he's not the best in terms of saving. But look, his, the performances he's put in against both Bayern Munich and Madrid have been fantastic. You can't ask for anything else. You, you know, beating Madrid 4-0 and beating Bayern Munich 3-0 at home keeping a clean sheet. We've done the right things in defense. We did the right things in attack. The only thing I could wish for is that the Champions League final was at, at the Etihad. You know what I mean? Like that would, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next, absolutely would. Because <laughs> we're like, honestly, we're so, we're, we play, we play so much better there. So much better. But we just still crazy. play great away from home. Like, just different. It's not like, it's just different, it's not like we're terrible at home, uh, terrible away. It's, you know, when was the last time City lost? It was like fe- February against Tottenham. So yeah, where we always know, lose City, anyway. <laughs> yeah, so City's still playing well away games. It's just the Etihad has become a fortress, like an absolute fortress. This is the stuff you dream of. This is like this is the type of stuff where you think of like teams going to Anfield and they're just scared just to go to Anfield. Like that's what the Etihad is becoming like. Look at, look at these Champions League games. Look at our record in the league. It's like it is loud. It is a, it is a legitimate fortress. And City, City performed there. That's that's just how it is. I've got a couple stats for you. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> so that was Real Madrid's heaviest defeat in the Champions League, or joint heaviest defeat. The last. Massive defeat like this was 4 0 versus Liverpool in 2009. So we just gave Madrid the basically joint heaviest loss in the Champions League. Insane. Wow. It's insane. And yeah. another good another good omen when Liverpool won the Champions League in 2019, they beat Bayern Munich and another big Spanish team in Barcelona. And they won their home leg against Barcelona 4 0. I'm sure many of you remember that game. We just tonked Madrid 4-0. One of yeah, the biggest I defeats. Mean, it's crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, and like Madrid just looked defeated by that point. And it's that's kind of the thing is this is what City has been building up to. Like Pep said it from the beginning, like you have to have this mentality. And hold he, on, hold I remember on. him saying it. Hold on, you can't what? give credit to you can't give credit to Pep Guardiola. You gotta you gotta blame it on the financial irregularities, according to Michael. Yeah, yeah, can't yeah. Give, you can't give credit to Pep Guardiola. Are you crazy, man? <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> what? Ba- like basically, I remember Pep saying it was. I think in the Centurion season, he was saying like this team. I know, it kind of offended people because of the way he said it. Probably wasn't the best, but he basically said like. We need to have a bigger club mentality, and we don't have that yet. Like, we need to go into these games with, like, arrogance, like how Real Madrid do, like how Bayern Munich do, like how Barcelona do. Like, they've been there before, 
And City just, they don't have that yet. That's why the first one's always the hardest to win. And City have that now. Like, you see, these guys, most of these guys are experienced enough to where they've been to a Champions League final now. They've been to a couple semifinals. And even the ones who haven't, Erling Holland, he's not lacking any confidence. Like, he's... He is the most arrogant on the team, if not, you know what I mean? In terms of just being on the field, like, he's not shying away from any moment. Grealish isn't shying away from any moment. Grealish looks like he plays the best games against the biggest teams. And it's where Pep wanted to get City eventually. And now they're here. Like, they are, they're not afraid of anyone. Like, I think making the Champions League final a couple of years ago while City should have won that. Like, they they did not play well enough in the final to win. But it was more of like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we're here. Whereas now it's like, yeah, of course we're here. Like, this is where we belong. Kind of, like, arrogance to them. And I think you've seen it in the league, too. You've seen it with, like, when they played Arsenal or when they play anybody, really, in the league. It's like, no, we're winning this league. So it's up to you whether you want to try to stop us. But you saw it when they played Arsenal. Arsenal was the is the young team that City were in like the 17-18 season where Mikel Arteta is trying to change the mentality of that dressing room because those guys don't know better. And City is the more seasoned team that is essentially arrogant. And they're going to say like, no, if you want this title, you're going to have to take it from us. And... That's how Real Madrid acts in the Champions League final, and we just took it from them. Like yeah, we, look, I, They didn't lay we, down. We took it from them. Yeah, look, we're, we're building towards that, and that's the important thing here. Like you said, we, we are slowly and slowly building that arrogance. We, we've built now a, you know, the Etihad's a fortress in the Champions League. You know, teams, teams are going to be very scared in the future coming to the Etihad to play a Champions League knockout tie. It's gonna become like that, and and the crowd is always up for it. They're always they're always buzzing. It's crazy, you know. You can hear the atmosphere through the through your through the TV, through the through the headphones, through anything. Right? It's crazy. And on top of that, the um, lost my track of thought a bit here, but the you know the know how to get through this tie is built from the past experiences and the past failures in my mind. Right? So. And like you said, to build that big club mentality, it doesn't happen. It's not going to happen overnight. And other teams, before they win their first Champions League, have to suffer. We've suffered in the last five years. Like in, in Pep's era in the Champions League, no one can argue that we have not suffered crazy results or, you know, when it comes to Tottenham, Lyon, Madrid last year, Chelsea in the final. All these games. Yeah, have it's all built. very valuable experience that City valuable needed. experience, correct. But once you once we win that first trophy, once we win that first Champions League trophy, and look, we're on the cusp of it right now, so I'm hoping we get the job done. But once we win that trophy, the arrogance will start coming in terms of Champions League pedigree. And I guarantee you, once we win the first one, it'll be a lot easier to win the second one. So much easier. Oh yeah, it would, it's the at that point the floodgates open. It's yeah, kind of it would, like yeah, it's anyone. like the Premier League. It's like the Premier League when we won the Premier League, right? You win the Premier League yeah. once, suddenly it's easier. It's you you've been you you've got the know how, and then you you see the experience in the Premier League the last four years, five years. You know, going to the to the wire with Liverpool, 
uh, multiple years in a row, going into the last game of the season, needing a win and, and performing in those high-pressure moments. The, ha- the team has that belief in the Premier League. Now, with the Champions League, we haven't had that belief in the past. It was always it was always waiting for something to go wrong, right? Because that's, that, that was basically the legacy of the team in the competition. But now you can see there's that... There's that grittiness about the team, and it comes. It starts from the back as well. You know, having Diaz, having Stones play the way they're playing, and Rodri, and all those players that are playing absolutely amazing right now in, in that in that back line. We've got a grittiness to the team. It is very difficult to score against City. Like you said, how many how many goals have we conceded now in in the knockouts? Three, three, three in three, six games. Against, three goals in six games against Leipzig, Bayern, and Real Madrid. Yeah, and Leipzig is a very good scoring team, right? So let's not, and they played very, very well in that first leg when we drew one all. So let's not, let's not, you know, say oh they're crap or anything. They're a very good team, right? So for us to only concede three goals in the entire knockout stage of the competition shows the grittiness that we have. And Pep said it best: "I've got defenders now. I've got defenders. You know, if Cancelo was playing, it's completely different. Completely different the way we'd play." Because he's not a, I don't feel like he's that strong defensively. When you've got Walker, Stones, Diaz, and Akanji in your back line, it's different. It's completely different. You know, they they are one on one monsters. You know, look at Vinicius today. Like we didn't even talk about Walker yet, right? Vinicius. Yeah, let's let's talk about the defense as a whole now. Yeah, Vinicius did nothing all game. He did nothing. He was invisible. I actually didn't. I I don't recall. Besides, I think he did that one turn on Walker where he beat him for pace and then Walker recovered. And then there was the other one where in the first half, I think, where Walker again beat him for pace and then Vinicius was in the box by that point. But he just, he just tackled him in, in the box and got the, got the ball and we, we were going the other way. It's crazy. The, on, the only time Vinicius looked threatening was when he was more centrally and then Gundogan got a yellow card for fouling him that because too. he could have been off to the races if he didn't. That's really yep. the only time you saw him do anything. Like he tried turning around Walker so many times and nothing worked. Like Walker had him. It was Walker did a really good job in the first uh, leg against him and Walker did even better here. Like Vinicius was anonymous. And also, I'm going to give credit to especially Ruben Diaz. Did we even see Kareem Benzema touch the ball today? Like Kareem, Kareem Benzema, Benzema had to go to out to the left. Right yeah, to he, the had, wing he was to going the all the way out to the wing just to touch the ball. Like, yep. Benzema didn't even he have was, a sniff of a shot. He was very frustrated this game. You could tell. And it, it was, it was even, all even Ruben Diaz. Leg, even in the it first was leg, all he, Ruben Diaz. Yeah, yeah. Even the first leg, you know, both Benzema and Haaland got a bit shut down in that first leg. But Benzema. It, in the first that. leg, he had a couple decent opportunities. Like, there was one where it was crossed to him in the box and he had some space, but he mishandled the cross. Like it was a, it was a bad first touch from him. And like, he had a couple of those. I don't even remember him touching the ball in the box. Like he was non-existent. And that was like a large part due to Ruben Diaz and John stones, a lot of Diaz, but John, St- like let's also talk and Akanji playing left back was nearly flawless as well. Like, you didn't really see Rodrigo do anything the entire game. And John Rodrigo Stones, is invisible. I mean, John Stones, is there is not a more complete center back in the world than John Stones. Like, 
incredible defender. And I like Royals Royce. What was it? A month and a half ago, a month and a half ago, Pep said, I'm going to teach you how to play defensive midfielder. And now he's looks like a (laughs) world-class defensive midfielder. Like it is incredible. He, he is, I've never seen a center back play like that in my entire life. And the, the pairing of him and Diaz in the middle of that defense is absolutely incredible. Like with Diaz and his defending and Diaz has gotten much better passing out, but his defending is just unbelievable. But Stones, like, the way he is with the ball, he makes the right decision almost every time. I saw there was one part where he he got it, and he was looking at who to pass it to, and they were blocking all of his lanes, and he just steps up, and there's acres of space in front of him. He just walks right into that space. Like, he's so intelligent on the ball, and you could just see it today. Like, what a fucking performance. What a performance. By him, by Rodri. Rodri was incredible as well. So that entire like back five, if you want to call it, of Rodri in the back four. It's, it's gritty, gritty, gritty. Immense. Where we are a very great. We've come a long, what long, long, long way from the 17, 18, 18, 19 teams where you knew we, we, we had goals to concede. We are nowhere near that anymore. And you know what the you know what the crazy thing is? This team has conceded more goals in the Premier League than any Pep Guardiola team. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Which is is funny, which I which I think is more down to due to the way the first half of the season went. I'd be curious to know the numbers in the second half of the season, because I don't think Well, yes, but also we've conceded like stupid shit goals. It's not like they've taken us apart. It's like like against Leeds that I had to watch right in front of my eyes. Like Akanji just heads it right to Rodrigo and Rodrigo's got a open shot, open one-on-one with Ederson. Like it's like stupid shit or like the Damari Gray goal from when we tied Everton earlier in there. It's like stupid things like that. It's not like we lack defensive solidity. It's just like dumb errors. And yeah, it, they, they were, We've only cons- today. Yeah, we've only conceded um, 13 goals since the Tottenham game. Yeah. And we've, played, and, we've pl- and we've played about 22 games, I think, in that period. So Yeah, very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah. And the, so- the, the defensive change where Stones has gone into that midfield role, what, what Rico Lewis is doing. So Rico Lewis is a good player, but he's not John Stones, right? And John Stones is much taller. He can... He becomes a central defender, um, and all those things combined make your defense so much more solid. So we, we, yeah, we I think it wouldn't surprise me if you go after a player like Declan Rice in the summer, just for that very reason. You know, it's to have a player like it. that. In, yeah, who knows? Who knows? I, I doubt I it. I don't even want to talk transfers right now, but yeah, look. Oh man, it's so this team the, is so gritty. So so such gritty, good performance in defense. We kept so buying. I actually, do you know what's funny? I was watching when I was in the game in this Madrid home tie. A, a thought came to my head, and I said, "You know, by half time, or even even after the first twenty minutes, I said to myself, Bayern Munich were more scary and were a better team when we played them at the Etihad than Madrid were." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that three 0 did not reflect the scoreline. 
against Bayern Munich. 4-0 reflected the scoreline against Real Madrid. If anything, it should have been higher <laughs> against Real Madrid. But I feel like, yeah, like you said, the, the scoreline against Bayern in that first leg was, you know, a couple touches here and there. It could be a 2-1 game, you know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. one of those things. You know, Rodri banger. <laughs> like, how often does Rodri score a banger like that, you know, from outside the box? Um, but, you know, if you look over the two legs against Madrid, most of their shots, most of their, their over the two legs, most of their chances were outside of the box chances. There was that one Benzema chance where he should have headed it, headed it in um, in the last couple minutes of the, of oh, the yeah. first leg. Oh, yeah. Ederson made a really good save. But outside of that, they didn't have much chances. Everything else was outside of the box. They had a, they, Vinicius scored an absolute screamer where you just like you can't say anything. You can't. You just go, yep, fair enough, and you move on, right? So for us to dominate them that much over the two legs is yeah. This this city team right now is is it's definitely the best the be- team I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's definitely the best city team I've ever seen, probably in my lifetime. But and I'd go a bit further, and I and you know. If we do do the T word, then you've you've got to put this up there with probably one of the best teams of all time in in the Premier League. I in think English so. football, yeah, like you you can't, you have you can't deny it after that point, right? So, see, the only the people who would argue differently would say, well, oh, look at our Centurion season. So you're telling me that because City weren't as good eight months ago from now, that they're not better now. You know what I'm saying? Like, no like chance. It, the difference in points in the Premier League between those is a couple of games. I actually okay? don't think. I actually don't think the Centurion season is the better season out of the last five years. Anyway, I think the 18. I don't either. Was better. I think the 18-19 team was better. Yeah, and that 18-19 team didn't even have Kevin De Bruyne for most of it. So correct. Yeah. Um, what's crazy is like even the 18-19 team like. You put this team against any of those, I don't even think it's a contest. Partially because the the defense is better and Erling Holland, like the those are the main reasons. Yeah, look, I, I love Aguero, but Holland is um, Holland's is, just different. He's different. He, he has gravity. So a lot of people go, oh, Holland had a bad game because he missed a few chances. You know, he even had that second cha- second half chance that we didn't talk about where he, he kind of got his feet a little bit stuck, but then released the shot and then he hit Couture and then went off the top of the bar. Um, that was a very, very good save by Couture when you look at it because it was a very powerful shot. And people could say, like, oh, Haaland had a bad game. But if you if you actually watch us when we we're attacking, he has so much gravity in that box, right? He's like a black hole pulling all the defenders towards him. He opens up the spaces for, like, players like Bernardo Silva to have an, have an open shot. You know, if you look up, go go watch. If you go watch back Bernardo's first goal, yeah. How did you think Bernardo got that wide open in the box? Everybody three, was worried about yeah. him passing it off to Holland. Correct. There was three players that were looking at Holland. Even I think Cruz ran into the box and tried to stop the pass going to Holland. Even Courtois' position was more angled to how how can I how can I get ready for this pass and shot from Holland or from someone in the box. They were just waiting for it. He, he has he has such an amazing pull. It opens things up, and I think that's what's amazing about Haaland. You know, although he scores so many goals, still he has you have to give him so much focus. It was like that. It's like that early early game in the season. I think it was against Bournemouth where we tonked them four 0 and they had like three centre backs sitting on 
on him for the entire game. <clears throat> and it just opened up the entire thing for the rest of the team. So you, it's like you pick your poison, right? It's like you either you either defend him one-on-one like a normal striker or you put two or three players that have to always think about him. But then I think in a game where it's where the legs are a bit tired and whatnot, you, you're more worried about him. <laughs> so you're always worried about him. So it's like crazy, man. He, he's, he has that amazing pull in the box. It's crazy. I love it. Uh, he's such... He's a generational striker. Like, I don't think it's it's very hard for people to appreciate how good he is. And I think it'll take a couple of years for us to realize how actual good he is. It might take for him to leave the club until we realize how good he is. He's Messi, Ronaldo levels of generational talent. He's up there. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. You're not, you're not scoring 50 plus goals in a season without having that talent. Um, and look, it was unfortunate for him. He didn't get a goal because um, I think he deserved one. He had, I'd say he had three really, really, really good chances. And Couture, I think if Couture wasn't there for two of them, then Haaland scoring two of those goals. I think the header that was straight at him, he could have done a little bit better there, Haaland. But, you know, the other, the other two, you just go, hats off, good save, good save, Couture. Yeah. I mean, just looking at what Haaland does... You, you can't even describe it. You like you really can't. It's something that we've never had in this city team before, and I really think this is the best city team we've ever seen. Like we've, how many performances have we had this year where we've looked at it and thought, "Wow, that might be the best performance of the Pep era." It's happened like three or four times yeah. this season. It's taken. So if you look back at the beginning of the season, I think the. Manchester United um, game at home where we, we had four goals in the first half and probably should have had eight. Um, that that everyone, everyone points to that as that was the most amazing performance. Um, but then there was a big lull between that period and February, I'd say, when we, when we lost to Tottenham, where we just weren't at our best, right? And it was like, oh, everyone's like, get back to how we played against United. But what it was was, we were still adjusting to Haaland, still adjusting to the new system, the way we wanted to play. Pep was still tinkering of how he wanted to set up his defense. You know, Rico Lewis, John Stones playing in that in that inverted role, um, losing Cancelo. All these things factored in to get us to the point where we are now. And you, you go back four months ago, you ask most City fans, they would say, yeah, this is a transition season. We could probably potentially win nothing. Um, but you could see hints of it back in the early of the season, you could see hints of there's something about this city team. And then it finally I honestly clicked. saw it, it. I saw it click after the world cup. Yeah. Like I said, it took a while, right? It took a while, but there was hints of it in the beginning part of the season. And then when it clicked, which was after the Tottenham game, we, we, we started putting off, pulling off results, but more importantly, we were putting off performances. And like you said, last in the last pod, you know, we drew to Nottingham, although we, we played well. We still didn't get the result, but you could see the performance that was there. That was the most important thing. So you knew that's it. They figured it out. It was just about maintaining it now and just keeping the results ticking to, to get us to where we are now. And you look at where we are now. We've won 11 games in the Premier League straight. We are in a Champions League final. We are in an FA Cup final. We were almost talking about the dreaded T word. And yeah, man. <laughs> There's only, there's only. I, if you th- if you think about it, there's only, there's only six games left. There's only six games left. I think that 
I saw after we returned from the World Cup that it was like gradual getting better every game. Even though the results weren't coming, like you could see us playing better and better every match. And then it just it just kicked off. Like then yeah. it was it, it just took off from there. But you could see gradual improvement in how the team was playing after the World Cup. And well, I look at it now. This is the best city team I have ever seen. At yeah, least look, for now. It might be, be it might be better next year. Who knows? Might not. Yeah, but the, the, for now, this is incredible. Yeah, the thing is, right, it's a results driven business. So this team has to do itself justice by winning the trophies that come with these type of performances. That's the honest truth, right? So if we if we come to the end of the season, we've got one trophy, that's a disappointment based on these performances. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. We have, we're, this is the time now that the this City team, the way they're performing, if they maintain this level of performance, no injuries, hopefully knock on wood, but if we go with this same team and the way we're playing, and we end up with the right trophy hole, this team, man, it's it's up there. It's definitely it's definitely the best city team I've seen. But you need the trophies to give it justice. <clears throat> Otherwise, you'll be Liverpool, who know they've had one of the best teams in the last twenty years, but they don't have the trophy hall to to support those claims. You need to get the end results, and this is this is now the period that we're in. We need those trophies at the end of the season to to justify us saying. This is the best city team because it all yeah. at the, at the end it all comes down to that last little bit of you know that last little bit the last leg to get the actual trophy because they are playing that well they are they are at that high level where you say they are deservedly the best team in Europe but you're not going to be crowned the best team in Europe if you don't finish the job so they've got a job to finish now yeah I absolutely agree I. This team is just, they, they've they done, an, like, for this team to beat Real Madrid the way they beat them, to beat Bayern Munich the way they beat them, and then in the league against the only team even close to them at the title, in the middle of the title race, when Arsenal was ahead of them, City took them apart. Four to one, like tore him to shreds. I mean, how how can that not be? At least to me, like your favorite thing to watch. I know what you mean. Like you, we need the trophies. We need to finish the job. Um, but like, if that doesn't say like best, se- like we've never done that. Even yeah. in the best of seasons, like any title race against Liverpool, we never took them apart in a game. Every game was really close. We tore Arsenal to shreds. When we played them. And then we did it to Real Madrid and Bayern Munich. Yeah. We've, we've never had performances like this within a season. Even even when we made the Champions League final in 2021, on, on the way to the final, there was always... So, like, we because we had the false nine system, there was always that thing where when you need that big moment, who's going to score the goal? Do you know what I mean? It was always the case of... We're such a well-built team, and I feel like that was like a Pep Guardiola team that was built so, so well in terms of his philosophies. But in the Champions League, you need a bit of oomph, and Haaland gives you that oomph. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? He gives you that little bit extra, and that's the difference in terms of up front this season. We've got finishers up front. 
And that is, it's a key difference in how we play. We're not so worried about scoring or missed chances anymore. You miss a chance, you go, yeah, okay, I'll get another one and hopefully we'll score. In that 2021 season, we never we never put performances like that where, so we, we, we went on a big winning streak that season. I think we won 20 in a row in all comps. And I think that was one of the better city teams that we've ever had. But there was always, like I said, there was always that little bit of doubt in front of goal because of the false nine system. Um, and when we did play tough opponents, um, although Liverpool wasn't very good that season, so I don't even want to look at them. But when we did play tough opponents, we kind of struggled a little bit. You know, when we went to Chelsea, we'd win 1-0. And it was, okay, yeah, we're dominating, but we're not actually creating really good chances or, or you know, creating those clinical finishes that we need. Um, and... Even against PSG and Dortmund, there were nervy games. There were very, very tight games that required moments of brilliance from individual players. This city team's different. It's very different. It's it's more more clinical, more in control. I'm, you're not as worried defensively. I'm not as worried defensively anymore. Even though that 2021 team was so good defensively, I'm not as. Uh, this team is different. It's completely different. Completely. It's incredible to watch. I love watching this team. Soak it in. It's actually, this team is very, very entertaining to watch for that reason because we're so different this season. Um, We're not not your typical Pep side, I don't think. Um, You know, I don't think Pep ever foresee, probably foresaw himself playing a system like this. You know, if you if you ask if you, if you ask Pep to look at this team, if you, you look at you, get, you bring twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen Pep and look at this team, he'd be like, "Oh, okay, that's a bit different <laughs> to how I well, he, to how I want to play." <laughs> he constantly is changing, though. Like, yeah, he's an evolving pe- people manager. People think, yeah, people think that Pep is dogmatic, and I don't think that's further from the truth. Like, City is constantly changing. This is probably the third iteration of Pep Guardiola football we have seen at Manchester City. Like the yeah. first being like the Sterling Sané, you know, fly down the wings, and honestly, that's kind of what you needed at the time to be attacking park midfielders: buses. David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, and yeah. and you needed that to beat the park buses because in the Premier League at that time, it's like you're facing every week. You're facing like Tony Pulis and Sam Allardyce and like teams like that. More than half the league was like that back then. It's not like that anymore. So you got to change along with it. And then we had the false nine for a couple of years. And now this. And that was a completely different play style. And now this is is very different as well. This is kind of marries the kind of marries the two where City have control of the game, but also have dynamism. Yeah. This, this is this is why I think yeah. Pep's the the greatest manager, um, the greatest tactician, I'd say, in, in the last twenty. I think he's years. the greatest manager ever. I'll say it. They can, yeah. He, Look, look, Sir Alex, I don't give a shit. Like he never did this in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I look. I think Sir Alex, Sir Alex had better man management. I think that was one of his better strengths, and he was better. He was a better like builder of a squad because he kind of built those squads as well. He was he was your sporting director and manager and and coach. But tactically, no one's close to Pep. And fuck all you Liverpool fans trying to claim Trent Alexander's role as as Klopp's genius. Fuck off. Yeah, Pep's, been doing this for, Pep's been doing this for five years, mate. He's done it with Zinchenko. He's done it with Fabian Delph. He's done it with yeah, Fabian Delph. He's, he's done he did it, it with he, Pablo he, Zabaleta. 
He's fucking doing with John Stones right now. Stop trying to claim this shit. Yeah, Klopp no, is not a Klopp literally just, dude, just don't listen to them. <laughs> just don't listen. I just no, that little no, 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 no more Liverpool shit. This is our podcast, and we just beat Real Madrid four 0 We're not talking about them. That's yeah, not happening. It's yeah. not happening. They can fuck off. It's yeah. but like, and the other part of it is like really good managers take concepts from other managers. Like that's correct. That's yeah. Part of it too. I think yeah. City. I think City has played differently, partially to how Brighton and Deserby yeah, he's, st- uh, he's he's definitely stolen plays out of Deserby's playbook, hundred percent. Yeah, but just like the way the, the, that's how the best managers manage. Like yeah. that's if that if that wasn't the case, then every manager would be different, would be completely yeah. different. You have to you have to steal concepts and ideas for what works. It's just how it works. So. Yep. Let's wrap I'm, this up. I'm I happy think to wrap we've this said up. all we Yeah, yeah I think man. we've said all we need to say. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Look, man, I'm still on cloud 9. It's going to be an interesting day. I'm I'm sure you'll you you'll be going to sleep soon, but I'm I'm going to be awake and buzzing ah. for the rest of the day. <laughs> it's only se- it's only 7 o'clock here. I got plenty of time. <laughs> nice. Man. Nice, nice. What a game. What, what a game. game. What a performance. Manchester fucking city. We we're, we're going we're going to Istanbul. Maybe Porto, <laughs> depending yeah. on, the, on the political. Potentially Istanbul, maybe like Lisbon or something. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I am tentative going <laughs> if I can get tickets. Um, Hell yeah! We'll see, we'll see if my if we'll see we'll see how the wife feels about it. <laughs> yeah, um, but look, <laughs> I, I can't wait. Look, man, we've got there's only three weeks left of the season now, and it's going to be games. Games coming thick and fast still. We've got three Premier League games left. We've got a FA Cup final and then a Champions League final right after that, week after week. And I think it's a good thing. I think I, I don't like big breaks. I think that hurt us against Chelsea where we had like a three-week break between any meaningful games and that and that final. You know, having a bit of rhythm going to the final is much, much, much better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, let's wrap this up, man. I am... Over the moon at the moment, over the blue moon, I should say. Um, and yeah, man, let's wrap it up. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Cheers, guys. See ya. <laughs>